0: Hey, Aaliyah, how's it going?
1: It's going about as well as can be where the pandemic is going on.
0: Yes, it's quarantastic. And we are both in our own homes and uh, we are looking at each other on Zoom, which I'm finding to be more and more uh, the most invaluable tool in our toolbox. But nobody cares how we're doing this. What they care about is what is on the show, or more specifically, who is on the show? Because we have a special show right now.
1: It is. It's a bonus episode with J.D. Dillard, uh, director of Sweetheart, and uh, and that that's might be what he. Uh, I don't know if it's what he's best known as, but probably his most recent release. Uh, it was a Blumhouse production. It was at Sundance, uh, not this year, but the year before, and. Um, so this
0: is a this is an interview from last year Sundance. It is nice,
1: but you know what? It, it's a uh, Sweetheart is now on Netflix. You should go and see it. I, I really enjoyed it. I've met a couple people who weren't quite as enthusiastic as I was, but for me, really, it was like one of the best things I saw in at the festival. It was pretty
0: incredible. Excellent. And it's a horror movie. Oh, yeah, oh well, you got me there.
1: Midnight movie, horror movie, and fantastic. Really, really good. And Now, uh, J.D. Dillard, he's having uh, quite a bit of Quite a bit of a career right now, too. He's currently on development on one of the next Star Wars projects.
0: So that's quite a leap from a late-night Sundance horror movie to a Star uh, Wars-related thing.
1: That's exactly right. But, uh, you know, I think that there's a certain sci-fi aspect to um, Sweetheart. And uh, it's a really, really well-crafted movie. And clearly some people in the Star Wars uh, development side saw it and said, "We, we want that guy.
0: Hell yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, jump on into your interview.
1: You're listening to the Cinematography Podcast. I'm Ilya Friedman, and I have the distinct pleasure of sitting down with J.D. Dillard, who is right across the table from me. Say hello, J.D. Hey, how are you? <laughs> hey, uh, you just made an awesome movie. Did, oh, thanks, it, man. did, did it premiere last night? or? premiered night
2: last night at midnight, which is way past my bedtime. But... uh yeah, such a fun crowd. I hadn't been to a midnight screening, so just such a different energy than you know watching something at nine a.m. So,
1: <laughs> it's a great movie, and uh, it's got a very small cast, and it's got incredible production value. I know it was a Blumhouse produced uh, yep. in- indie studio production
2: here. Yeah. So, tell our listeners a little bit about your movie. So, Sweetheart is kind of just like a Spartan survival horror thriller. Obviously, it does lean a little bit more on some of its horror tropes, but wanted it to be purposefully. Yeah, Spartan, but dynamic experience. Part of our my co-writers, Alex and both named Alex, Alex and Alex. Yeah, it kind of came from just our weird overreaction to so many movies that we like having so much explanation about like why this story is even happening. And just to sort of try to counter program that almost as an exercise, we wanted to try a movie where you wake up with this character and you end with this character. There's no flashback, there's no sort of narrative mechanic to dig deep into them. So everything that you find out about Jen, played by Kiersey in this movie, you find out by watching her do. And yeah, it it just seemed like a a fun thing to try, you know, given our obsession with genre uh, to, to try something like that
1: tell us about your cast and how they uh, how they came on board and there, there's only a few of them so yeah.
2: so give us a quick uh, quick rundown so yeah it's a very small cast so we have kirsi playing jen who was our lead we have emery kirsi clemens kirsi clemens yep we have um emery cohen who you know not to spoil too much but arrives at a certain point in the film and it's revealed that that is her boyfriend a friend of theirs played by hannah megan lawrence and then we have two other characters who, yeah, I mean, I think for small to, parts, <laughs> yeah, to to avoid spoilers, uh, it, it'll be very clear who and yeah who they play in the film. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very very small cast. The, the film in and of itself is quite contained, and even. Yeah, even the size of our cast sort of is indicative of that, too.
1: Kiersey was uh, one of the the stars of uh, Hearts Beat Loud,
2: which is a a big hit
1: um, a a while back. And uh, had you seen her before? Was that uh,
2: before that movie? I had, yeah. I'd seen her in things that couldn't be more dissimilar from Sweetheart. Um, You know, I'd seen her obviously in Dope, and I'd seen her in uh, Neighbors 2, which I watched on a plane actually on my way to go meet her. Uh, and was just like laughing the entire time I was like okay well this is definitely not the vibe of our film but uh, I love <laughs> I love everything about her and yeah Kiersey is just I don't know there's a quality about her where she, she she is very like every woman she's immediately relatable you know and again part of the function of this film is to to put someone on the island that doesn't feel Like an expert, you know, doesn't feel like deep in their backstory they were a Navy SEAL and here's how they're going to, you know, put their, you know, survival tools to. to
1: they're going to use fish intestines and make a, a castle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the fun. I mean, you know, the relatability of. Her experience on the island is, I think, what my own experience on the island would be, um, and yeah, there, there's just like a, an innate relatability that I think yeah, Kiersey imbues. So, this is the cinematography podcast. Uh, tell me about working with your cinematographer and uh, how you had you guys worked together before. So Stefan and I uh, hadn't worked together before. He came as a recommendation from one of my Blumhouse producers because he had just shot uh, Upgrade for them. It's funny, like, I've long been obsessed with Greg Frazier, and I had pulled a lot of stills from things that he had shot. And completely independent of that, someone recommended Stefan to me and was like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's kind of like... In the Greg Frazier world, like they're both from Australia and, you know, and when I looked at Stefan's work, I mean, it it immediately was, I think, the sort of slick naturalism that I I really wanted Sweetheart to have. Well, you
1: definitely achieved
2: that. And that's a Stefan Duccio. Yep.
1: Yeah, Stefan's got some some great work, and I saw that he won an award from the Australian Society of uh, Cinematographers. So that's that's he, awesome. he won that yeah.
2: actually while we were shooting.
1: Oh, fantastic! <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, it, it's got a real big budget, slick, glossy look to to the movie. Was that always the intention uh, to go to go for that look? I mean, it doesn't feel like rough and tumble, scraping every penny in the jungle kind type of thing. You have a big budget look.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, very early on, Stefan and I talked about, and honestly, a lot of the same kind of ethos that I shot slight with was put into this. And just in that, yes, we're not spending the most money putting this together, but that doesn't mean that camera can't be a character and we can't really spend the time to, yeah, just to frame this movie intelligently. We also had the benefit of shooting it in such an incredible location. I mean, our show was entirely on Bounty Island in Fiji. Um, and you know, the entirety of the show was exteriors, you know, just kind of like learning to roll with the environment itself. And there there was already so much to play with, but yeah, very early on, we we just knew that we wanted this to look and feel big. It's quite easy to tap into nature and kind of let it assist you in doing that. (laughs) But you know, there's not a lot of handheld in the film. There's honestly, even from just the standpoint of what tools we were able to use. I mean, so much of that was even dictated by what we could get to the island, um, so, you know, you can't get a techno crane to a tiny island when the tide is low. So uh, that stuff did not, that stuff never made it to Fiji. <laughs> but, but I would imagine probably gimbals or steady cam or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a lot, a lot of the show was on Steadicam. Um, you know, a lot of the show was on sliders, but, you know, even Dolly Track and some of the environment we were in was just a little too difficult. So you know it it, it kind of constantly was a a battle between yeah like what the environment would allow us and also making sure that yeah we didn't have to compromise what our visual aesthetic was
1: okay i won't i won't ask you any
2: questions about
1: uh, budget or days or any of those other things if you can talk about days though i'd be curious yeah. how, how many days you shot this over
2: uh we shot this in 25 that, so that's really quick yeah and again it, it it's With the show being entirely, you know, outside. Subject to weather. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're dealing with... I didn't know what a lunar tide was until the other year. Um, (laughs) You know, when the environment obviously just being as volatile as it is. I mean, taking the film to grade was so important. Just because, you know, if we're cutting... If we're just cutting a scene by even a half day, like shooting part of it in the morning and another part in the afternoon, the severity in which the environment can change is just... Very, very, very intense. (laughs) It looks like it might have been a little windy out there. Certainly Uh, windy. Yeah, so even when we were talking about lighting night exteriors, like putting blimps in the sky was just completely out of the question. And even when we put our sort of scissor lifts up, it was even hard to keep those steady uh, with some of those tropical winds at night. So... Yeah, cer- certainly was just a challenge technically. Again, I mean, days were their own peculiar thing and fighting cloudy versus blue sky and whatnot. But, you know, come nighttime on a budget, lighting an entire beach uh, certainly has certainly has its difficulties. So.
1: Tell me a little bit about what other types of movies you like. Like what movies inform this movie? Because I, I definitely feel like it's familiar. I think this is exactly what what maybe a filmmaker wants. It's familiar, but also
2: being original at the same time.
1: Um, what what sort of influences did you have uh, coming into this?
2: You know, funny enough, like not that many horror movies. We talked a lot about All Is Lost. We talked a lot about Contiki. Uh, and both of those really just because of their pretty Spartan approach. Obviously, environmentally, there are a lot of similarities, you know, in, in looking at how we were going to design the look for night. I mean, there was just some really great stuff from Contiki, which we talked about plenty, just, you know, using lightning to sort of immediately imply scale to just like how much space is out past this island and obviously i mean we watched alien a thousand times uh in prep mostly just because ostensibly we do have a man in suit creature movie just looking at the best way to edit that and to shoot that taking whatever we could knowing that yeah i mean we were going to be dragging a 130 pound foam latex suit uh to fiji uh and just making sure yeah we we always knew what the best way the best ways to look at that which Obviously took, took a little bit of time. I mean, you know, night one shooting with the, the creature, I don't think was even our best night shooting the creature. And we, we finally got into a rhythm learning how to shoot him. But yeah, I, I think... Kentucky Castaway. I mean, it's hard to not to talk about Castaway when you're talking about a Stranded Island movie. <laughs> uh, and yeah, certainly a lot of Alien
1: there. You can definitely see that uh, when you watch the movie. I can definitely see all, all of those influences. Talk about the producers and the and the production of this because I also feel like that's an area that gets overlooked a lot. People talk about cast and stars and everything, but cinematography podcast, we try to bring in some other elements here. Talk about working with your producers and the development of this project and, uh, and getting it out into the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, so sort of the creative development on this was peculiar in that the script is i think the one we ended up using to shoot was about like 63 64 pages and that's largely because i mean there's hardly any dialogue in the film that being said your script notes only go so far uh when there's not much script <laughs> um so very quickly the conversation turned sort of the the technical producing of the film and that was honestly really wild and you know at times a little complicated uh, figuring out where to shoot based on rebate and all the sort of environmental complications. You know, logistics, I'm imagining. Is- logistics, like how, how are we shipping this there? And, you know, how long does it take to freight this over wherever? You know, but then you're also looking at, like, is there Zika here? Is there, you know, political stability here? So, I mean, you know, we looked at a variety of locations internationally. But Fiji really proved to be a, kind of the perfect home for us. Um, it's a great look too. Would you go back to Fiji and do it again? Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, you know, I think having Sweetheart nothing. Too. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> having having nothing to do with Fiji, I think I need a. I needed a little time off the island. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, you were there a while. We, so. were, we were there a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, started growing. I used to have a buzzed head, and now I have a, a full head of almost dreads. Uh, so <laughs> the island has certainly stayed with me. But, you know, yeah, the, the, the sort of technical producing of it was just, yeah, it was kind of a constant chess game, figuring out how we were going to get things to the island, figuring out where we are going to house people, figuring out how we are going to commute, you know, 40 to 60 people to a smaller island off the one that we lived on every single day, um, you know, 35 minutes each way. So yeah, there, there, logistically there was a lot going on. I owe so much of that to our, um, you know, line producers and our, our actual producers. It was certainly no easy task. You want to give them a shout out? You want to give people credit for? Uh, for yeah. Those, so that, work- that's going to be Mark Catcher. That's going to be Jeanette and Bea and uh, Bill, Alex and Alex. Um, so yeah, that whole team, I mean, made sure that, we could get to and from safely to the island and then while on the island maintain our safety <laughs> that, that's so uh-huh.
1: that's so key I think there's this um, misconception that uh, making movies is always uh, so easy and so safe and so fun but really it is hard work with long days and yep. uh Uncertainties, and you just have to kind of go for it sometimes. So, so uh, congratulations to you on, on on pulling it off so well. And I'm going to say, like, you know, people talk about don't working with like don't work with kids, animals, and then maybe they say like VFX. But when you're all outside, a hundred percent the weather the weather yep. is so difficult to deal with it's why people try to do everything they can on a stage if possible so, yeah no, absolutely so so, so JD t- tell me what's next for you what's uh I mean I know
2: you're you want to get this movie out, out there but yep. you are you already working on other stuff
1: what, uh, what's next for
2: you yeah working on a handful of things and you know as it goes it's uh, you know I feel like this is kind of a, a career of plate spinning uh, <laughs> and you know a lot of things that I'm excited about I mean I think all are just a hair too early to even be clear to me if they're happening soon or not <laughs> There was kind of a, a minor departure in the middle of Sweetheart uh, where I was in a pretty crazy auto accident. Oh, no. Um, and the movie went on hiatus for four, three months. And in coming back to that and getting back into the film and kind of relearning the film and you know, kind of teaching myself to fall back in love with it, it feels like I haven't been to set in a thousand years. Oh, wow. Uh, having, to, you know, having to have lived through that experience. Um, so I'm, I'm super keen on going back and shooting. And look, I mean, I feel like not to turn it to existential but you know turn existential we love existential we've got time um look I've made two films the only way I know I can make better films is by making more films I think yeah as you sort of approach or even cross the finish line on one at least for 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 my own personal appetite it, it it only it only makes you want to go back to set more and this is a horrible 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 metaphor but it's like you know when you have to go to the bathroom, and then, like, as you approach the bathroom door, you suddenly have to pee like four thousand times more. Your, your body's giving you a message. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. that's kind of how I feel about going back to set. It's like I am so the closer close. the closer you get. <laughs> yeah,
1: the, the more you want to do. More it. I need it. So,
2: um, <laughs> uh, all that to say, yeah, it's time. It's time to shoot again. So, so hopefully, there's some clarity on that uh, early this year. JD, tell me about how this movie. Yeah, is the same or different from your previous feature Slight. One thing that's been peculiar and, and honestly I'm still having only screened the movie like twelve hours ago and very actively processing that <laughs> still. I think watching it with an audience last night really showed me how close Sweetheart is to Slight in a sense. I wanna make movies where people who normally don't get to do the cool things get to do the cool things. And in Slight, you know, it's a young Black kid, uh, young black uh, boy. And, slide is your previous feature. Yeah, slide yes. is my first feature. And yeah, I think S- sweetheart kind of just does that with Kiersey, and and it's kind of how I want to approach genre and telling the story with with different people f- living in those characters is, is just kind of how I my personally want to approach the diversity issue. So yeah, I, I I I know that is that's kind of loose, but I'm still even just after last night trying to form that tie a, a little bit between between these two films. And and are you purposely trying to do just one-word title movies? So yeah, I mean, I joked when I had to submit my my Sundance bio, I I mentioned that yeah, very soon I'm going to try to make a movie that doesn't start with the letter S. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that that's my big piece of growth for this year, hopefully. Um, so I'll start with that. But no, I mean, I I you know there was a tweet that I saw shortly after Slight came out. It wasn't even about Slight, but it was just some guy was just like, you know what, I want to, I just want to see black people fight dragons and fly spaceships. And I was like, you know what, I am here for that. Like I, that, that is, that is nothing against any movie that deals with civil rights or, you know, identity or anything like that. But I, I also just part of how I want to contribute, uh, is by, you know, putting people that look like me in genre. And then shortly after try to make something that doesn't start with the letter S.
1: So, J.D., that just about does it for time. Where can people find you uh, online? Or if, if you are on on the, the social webs? At all.
2: I, I have social web identities. Um, so, on both Twitter and Instagram, I'm at J.G. Dillard. Uh, so, yeah, come say hi. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks,
1: uh okay so that was uh, jd dillard thanks so much for uh for for coming on the show and uh i can't wait to have you back on the show uh, after your star wars thing
0: that'll be badass we should get uh him and uh, whoever, whoever his dp is so i,
1: I think that sounds like that's, that sounds great
0: big 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 star wars panel anyway so uh Ilya, who do we need to thank this week
1: Hey, uh, let's thank Alana Cody for uh, pulling this one out of the archives. That was great. And uh, let's thank uh, our editor, Ben Katz. And uh, let's thank our composer, Kay Zalatracci. Thank you, listeners, for this interview and another listen. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely worth it. And uh, we've got a lot more sort of content coming out in the, the coming weeks. While we're all sort of hunkered down, if you're enjoying the podcast, just know that uh, we're not uh, packing it in. We got even more
0: yeah we're still doing interviews we we did uh two interviews last week and we have another one coming up this week so uh in fact as it turns out a lot of cinematographers now have some time on their hands and uh, can actually get back to us so uh so so we're excited to get some of those people who are working all the time and sometimes they're a little harder to uh find time to do an interview to come on board
1: all right well hey uh don't forget to tune in uh in the next couple of days because we're gonna have another episode right after this one